0: Welcome to the King's Cost dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Amen. Well, welcome this morning. If you're there in your Bibles, Philippians chapter 3, we're going to read from here in the NIV. It says this, Paul says this, I want... To know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Then he says this, not that I have already obtained all this. Or have already arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Amen. All of us then, that's you and me, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we've already attained But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await to save you from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. Amen. I love this scripture, I don't know if you're excited when you read this today, but Paul says this to us today, he, he helps us to understand that he is on a journey in Christ. How many of you know that you have not reached your potential, you've not reached your goal in Christ, that today where you stand you're still a work in progress, amen? Amen. I don't know if you agree with that, but but my life always feels like I've got cones up around it and God's doing something and he's digging away and doing something new because whenever I feel I've achieved it in God, he always changes the markers and says, actually, you're nowhere near there because you are a work in progress. Paul says this, I've not obtained it. I'm not there yet. I realize it. I've got a goal. I know where I'm going. I know where God's called me. I know I'm going to get this new amazing body but I ain't there yet. I've got some good news for you, everyone. You ain't there yet. So don't worry if you feel a little bit rough today, you feel a little bit low, you feel like you've just not fully hit the mark for Jesus. Because he just recon- we recognize today, even Paul saw that he had not hit the mark. The title of my message today is this, The Forward Thinkers. The forward thinkers. We've got to start to be a people who think ahead and rather than our past and where we are now. We've got to start believing that there is a goal and a prize for us to head for. Amen? Because sometimes in our life when things come around, the storms, troubles hit us, what happens is we begin to forget the goal. We begin to forget the prize. We begin to forget what God has called us for. You've not been called to have nice meetings at church. You've not been called to just feel nice every week. You've been called into an inheritance through Jesus Christ. Who keeps it unspoilt for you in heaven. He calls you to this prize. And I'm excited. Because whatever's happening in the race towards this. Whatever's happening to where I'm trying to get to in my goal. There's one thing I know for sure today. Nothing changes the prize. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me tell you today, the prize never changes, but the process can. The prize never changes, but the process can. You see, the problem is in our lives, what happens as Christians, we go along the journey... Oh, there'll be some people getting baptised today. A great feeling of knowing that you're new in Christ, because the Bible says that when you're baptised today, by the way, it's like your funeral. I mean, I told everyone that on Thursday. I said, "Did you, you realise Sunday?" They say, no, "I'm so excited! I guess it's your funeral." A few faces dropped. No one drank the coffee then. It's your funeral. Why? Because it's death to the old life and you're new in Christ. You are a new creation in Christ. Have you remembered that church? If you were baptized into Christ, you are dead in Christ and alive in Christ. Hallelujah. So when you're dead in Christ and alive in Christ, the first thing the enemy wants to do is keep reminding you of all your fleshly problems so that you don't push forward into the the life that Christ has got for you. And I'm going to tell you something today, I'm excited for the goal, I'm excited for the prize, because sometimes in life I get a little bit frustrated when the process changes. You see, I thought, I thought I was going in one direction, and I thought, oh, I'm doing everything for Jesus, everything's going well, and then something went wrong. All of a sudden I found myself in debt. All of a sudden I found myself where my marriage was broken. All of a sudden I found myself in a situation where things didn't Happened the way I thought they would. The process changed. But the prize never changes. Let me tell you. God says today to you. It's a word for you today. If your process has changed. Keep your eyes fixed on the prize. Because the enemy likes to change the process. To get you thinking that you're off track. And actually you're not off track. Keep your eyes fixed on your prize. We have to be forward forward. Think as Paul said this, I press on toward the goal and, and I, I forget what's behind. It's really hard to do that sometimes, isn't it? I don't know about, do you find it hard to forget? You know, getting rid of stuff and, and putting it to the back of your mind. But actually you, what we do is we spend a lot of time digging in our history, looking at who we were, what we were before. The enemy loves to get you to look at the old man or the old woman and say, you know, you're still that person. Because there is a battle between the flesh and the spirit. The Bible talks about living life by the spirit. When you're alive in Christ, your spirit is made alive in him. And so now what you're doing is you're walking with your spirit alive, which wasn't alive before. But actually you're trying to defeat the the misdeeds of the flesh, the things that are going wrong in your life. And and all the things you do which you don't want to do. And Paul says, I keep doing the things I don't want to do. Why do I keep doing these things? I don't know about you, but I know what he means by that. Why? There's a battle. but You've got to be forward thinkers. You've got to press on towards the goal. Because Jesus says this morning, stop looking at the flesh and everything you're failing with and press on towards the goal. Press on towards who you are in Christ. The problem is, we all spend our time looking back. Oh, we love to do that. You know... Have you ever, I've, I've sometimes, I've gone up into our loft and Emma sends me up for the Christmas tree. I feel like I'm going up far too soon. It's, in fact, I went up in the summer to get the cases down. I thought, shall I, I, says, I shouted down, I said, shall I get the Christmas tree down now? Save going up later on this year. And I, I'm up there and sometimes she says, what are you doing up there? She thinks I've collapsed or something. It's just I start digging through some of the old stuff. Looking through, looking through at the past. And some of us sometimes, we spend our lives looking at the past and not focusing on the future of what God's called you into. You spend your life analysing the past. And all the time you're hindering yourself of what God wants to do in your life. Just the other day I was looking on the, on the news and some scientists had, in, in America, in Lu, Louisiana... Uh, they've discovered and they've discovered these things before, but they've they've now found these these massive, huge what they call interferometers that they've laid out about two and a half mile wide in Louisiana on the ground. There's two of these things laid out on the ground. Have been detecting things from space, and they now believe that they've received these gravitational waveforms from uh, from space. What they say, 130 billion light years away, have hit these interferometers and told them when. To two stars apparently collided together 130 million light years away. And I was listening, because I'm intrigued by this, because you hear this sound, and by the way, you can do it on Google. You'll hear it if you search for it later. And I'm thinking, I can't wait to hear this sound. 130 million light years away. They've heard the sound. It's been sent to us. We can hear it. And so I play this YouTube clip, play the sound, waiting for this, Ca- this, this absolutely massive sound to blow my speakers away because two stars are about to collide. And I, I, as, I'm, as I'm listening and waiting for the sound, I'm reading below the text about the sound. And it says, we were a bit disappointed because it sounded like someone had pulled a turnip out of the ground. <laughs> it sounded like that. Anyway, I listened to it, I thought, that's amazing. Then I watched another video and seen these scientists all getting together in a meeting saying, we, we, we found this and we're looking back, we've seen this, it's an amazing breakthrough. And by the way, I don't disrespect science, I love, I love these kind of things. But what I, f- I found amazing was they said, it, it's going to give us many more years of research. As we point our telescopes in that direction and look at where that happened, now we've got plenty of years to research what happened happened. And I thought, that is amazing. However, that's just like us sometimes. We point the telescopes of our life to the past. We spend our life researching what we could have done. We spend our life looking back to the things we could have done, the problems that were in our lives. And all the time, God says, turn your telescopes and look ahead. Press on toward the goal. Press on towards that which I've called you into see, I love science, but some of us have got to turn our telescopes in the right direction If our lives. We're looking at the wrong thing. We spend our lives looking back. Someone once said this, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. You're a bit slow this morning. This is the coffee, isn't it? Yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery, today's a gift. That's why it's called the present. There you go. i say it a bit slower. Some of us sometimes we're stuck in our yesterdays. We're stuck in our todays. God says I'm ahead. Why? Because space and time don't limit me. I'm ahead of you, I'm ahead of the game. I know where you're going, I know what I'm doing with you. Jump onto my view, my perspective, so you don't start living in the now or the history, but you live in my future, what I am doing through you. There's a story in the Bible of Jesus when he dies and the the women go to the tomb the day after and they're upset. They're broken. Jesus, the, the one who they thought was going to be their saviour, the one who they thought, you know, we're in, this, we're in this for the long run. And then they see him get crucified. They're broken. Hang on a sec. This is not what we expected. We expected a saviour. It says the next day that they went up to the tomb and they took their spices to anoint the body. They didn't go expecting, by the way, to find no one there. They went to expect to find a dead body. So they went up to the grave to find a dead body that they could put some spices on and anoint. To keep that body smelling nice. Because you know that when it decomposes, there's going to be a smell. So they go up to this tomb and they meet these angels, and the angel says, he's not here. He's risen. Sorry. we just put these spices together. Hang on. And no, no, he's not here. Who's took him? Where's he gone? We want to anoint the body. Oh, you know, he told you he was going to go into Galilee. ahead of you. What? Some of us sometimes, you know what we do? Jesus is saying, I told you before I'm going ahead of you. I told you I'm, I'm way ahead of you. But you're anointing the past. You're anointing your disappointment. When actually there's a God appointment. Actually you are spending your time going to the grave. You're spending your time going to your past. You're spending your time going to yesterday. Anointing your disappointment. But I'm telling you I'm ahead. Because I told you I'm going to Galilee. I told you that I am the resurrection and the life. I told you that I'm the one. I'm going ahead of you. Your yesterday might be a disappointment. Your today might be a disappointment in your life. But let me tell you something is ahead. Don't don't just spend your time, spend your life anointing the past. He says, Oh no, no, don't waste your time. Come on, there's a God appointment. It's time to move on. Leave the grave. Leave it behind. Hallelujah, I've not even got started yet. (laughs) Praise God. Number one, number one, just a few things I want to bring out today. Those who think positively, press on passionately or optimistically. Some of us sometimes, we get stuck in the fact that we ain't achieved it We haven't met the standard yet. We're not there. So what happens is we don't look at our lives optimistically. We look at our lives with a negative view. Have you ever met those negative kind of people? Those people who put things down and you feel like, I'm never moving anyone on anywhere forward with this kind of attitude. I want to tell you today when you're optimistic about life, even when... The glass is half full, not half empty. You see, Paul said this, verse 12, Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Hallelujah. In other words, he says this, I'm not there yet. I haven't got it all together. I don't feel like I'm on top of the, I don't feel like Brother Dingaling. I don't feel like this, this person who's got it all together on God TV. So, I don't feel good. But Paul says, not that I have already obtained it all. Nor have I even arrived at the goal, the prize. But what do I do? I don't sit inside and get a bit depressed and say, Well, woe me. Someone come and help me out here because I feel low. By the way, join the club. But I press. on. Um, keep your eyes fixed on the prize. Don't lose your focus. Keep your eyes fixed on the prize. Not that I have already obtained all this. Not that I've got a glass full. Not that I feel like life is absolutely amazing. No. It's pretty hard sometimes, but I press on toward the goal. He's a forward thinker. You see, in life, sometimes you get nasty surprises. You get things happen to you and you feel like, God, you, were, you, you must be surprised by this one. When I was at school, I wasn't very good at school. And I don't know if anyone in, in the UK, when you finished school in 1995, I finished, and the, the first thing they gave me, it was like, if you ever seen the program, This Is Your Life? They bring a big red, a guy used to bring a big red book and he talks someone through their life on TV. It was like they gave me one of these, it was called A Record of Achievement. I've still got mine under the stairs. In fact, I got it out the other week and I looked through it and everything was starting to merge together, all the pages. Why? Because no one has ever requested it. No one's ever asked for my record of achievement. I thought they would. I'm glad they didn't. (laughs) If you look through it, oh boy, oh boy. I I got this thing. You'd think I'd be happy. Record of achievement. I opened it up. The grades in there were terrible. And I used to think if anyone in any company asked me for this thing, Oh, I forgot it. Uh, He's laughing, Chadira. He would be as it came to university. I got this thing, and to this day, not one person has ever asked to see the thing. You feel feel like, why did I go to school? And inside this is is a record of my achievement. In fact, teachers used to say to me, they say you're not going to be any good good for anything. You can't do design, you can't do artwork, you're not going to be able to go to university. And they used to put me down. And I used to believe on my grades, my achievement, what I had, that I couldn't do anything. So what I started to do is tell myself differently. I was optimistic about my future and I began to turn my life around and I began to see a difference and press on towards a new goal. And so I pressed on, and I want to tell you today, some of you right now, even university students, will be thinking, my grades, things are not good enough. And you set yourself a standard, you set yourself a target in life, and sometimes you feel like you've not hit the mark. I want to tell you, you can change it. You can do something different. God got hold of me, and I realized it wasn't about what qualifications I had. And then I began to change the way that I looked at my life. Press on, even when it looks like you ain't got anything. I mean, I looked inside my thing. I, didn't, I literally didn't have hardly any grids to rub together. I know you find that hard to believe. When you've got nothing, in God you've got something, okay? When you think you ain't got anything left, in God you've got something to use. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm glad, when I read the story of the feeding of the 5,000 in Matthew chapter 14, I find it amazing, this story. Why? Jesus is there with the disciples. You've got 5,000 people hungry, and you see this massive problem. You think Jesus had just sought it out for them, but he says, you give them something to eat. It's like, what, Jesus? Did you just say, you you do this, you sort the problem out. Now, they looked at what they had, and they had hardly anything. They had nothing. It says this in Matthew 14, 16, 17. Jesus says, you give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they said. I mean, if you had got that, you probably wouldn't even bother telling me you got that if you looked at the problem. What's the point in saying, we've got five loaves and two fish? But let me tell you, what you think you have when you have nothing, God can do something with. And sometimes, amen Steve, and sometimes we have this attitude that we've not already attained all this. We've not got enough to move forward. So I'm going to stay here till God blesses me. I'm going to stay here until I feel like I've obtained everything I need to move forward towards the goal. That's the enemy, by the way. Because the enemy wants you to think that you need to get a glass full before you can move on. You need to obtain it all to move forward. But let me tell you, sometimes we have the attitude that they had here when they responded to Jesus. And they said, we only have. Some of you have this spirit about you sometimes that you say, I've only got this. I only have this. But let me tell you, you've got to start changing your only and start to see what you do have is enough to touch multitudes, to touch lives. The enemy wants you in this limited position. Oh, I've only got this. I can't get to I can't get to the goal. Because I can't get there because I've only got this. I've not obtained everything. Not arrived there yet. I'm not I'm not hitting the mark yet. I'm not like my friend who looks like they're on fire for Jesus. I need to be like them, then I'll do what God's asked me to do. Paul says, Not that I have obtained all this. God wants to change our poverty. Mentality, so that we begin to see that what we do have is enough. It's enough. You're not living a life with a glass half full, half empty. You're living one half full. God wants you to progress into everything He has. In 2 Kings 4 2, we read this amazing story of Elisha meeting this widow who's running out of oil. She hasn't got much left, but actually she's in debt. Her two sons, she's about to, She's you know, the mosaic law is, is going to demand from her an enslaved to give these two sons away. And she is in this position of saying, I ain't got much left. That's it. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in debt. I've got severe problems in life. But do you know what she does? She realizes that the little she does have Is enough for God to do a miracle, to do something amazing. She says, Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. This story is amazing. Why? Because in that story you see something. That actually her problem wasn't, is there enough oil? Is how many empty jars have I got? How empty can I be to let God fill me? How many empty containers can I get? Her problem was how many empty containers can I get? How much faith can I bring to Jesus? Let me tell you today that some of you are saying, I will only move forward in God when I've got enough oil. he says, just keep giving me empty containers and I'll keep filling you. By the way, today we're going to be baptizing people in water. The Bible says that we need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. Okay? We're going to be praying for the people who get baptized today to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, when you come before him and say, I'm empty. I've got nothing inside of me. He says, I've got the oil to fill you. I've got the oil to fill you. Oh no, but I, I, don't think, I don't think tongues is for me. I don't think that's for me. I don't think that the Holy Spirit and all that kind of stuff. I, I'll just, I'll let people have that, but I'll just stay where I am. Let me tell you, he wants to give it to you. He's eager to give it to you. He's eager to baptize you in fire. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you today. We welcome you above everything, agendas and plans. Oh, Jesus, we ask that you will baptize people in this place today. In water and the Holy Ghost. Fill them, God. All you've got to do is come with him and say, I'm an empty jar. I'm a broken vessel. I haven't got anything, God, to bring but except myself. I'm an empty vessel. Fill me and use me. If you're not full of the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you, be filled. Even now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll prepare hearts to want to receive. Because he wants to give this gift to you. It's important. You will be changed when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. God wants to fill you today. Number two today is this. Those who think back, shrink back. Did you get that? Those who think backwards, shrink backwards. You see, the problem is, Paul says this, he says, brothers and sisters, he says, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. He says, straining It's hard sometimes. Sometimes you've got to strain towards the goal. It's not an easy run. And Paul says to you today, if you think backwards, you're going to shrink backwards. I forget the past. I forget what's behind me. I forget the history. And I move forward into everything he's called me into. Oh, but you don't understand. That person said this to me. I can even show you the email. Come and have a look. Let's have a cup of tea and go through some of the problems. Let's have a look at some of these issues. Jesus says, let it all go. Get rid of it. Get it behind you. So you can move forward. You have to be a forward thinker. Because the enemy wants you digging in the past. No, no, no. You do not understand, though. We just, Let me just have one meeting with you just to go through this stuff. No, 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 no. Forget the past. Strain towards the goal. <laughs> Hallelujah. Paul says, I forget what's behind. You know, just a few weeks ago, have you... Has anyone ever experienced road rage? Have you ever experienced bike rage? You'd never think this happens, would you? I was driving into town just the other week, and Emma said to me, she says, will you collect me from Cambridge? So I drove into Cambridge with Lewis in the front of the car, and I'm driving down Huntingdon Road, if you can picture this. Let's hope the person's not here. I'm driving down Huntingdon Road, and I drive down Castle Hill, and I get towards the traffic lights. I'm at the traffic lights. I'm in the car. I listen to some worship music. The anointing was powerful. Presence of God, you know, nothing can happen to me. Nothing can come against me. Hallelujah. Worshiping God, you know, who can stand against me? And and I'm looking for Emma, and she's I can see her in the distance walking up the pathway, and oh great, I'll I'll just pull up in a minute to collect and. I, I move forward at the traffic lights and there's some bikes behind me and then I brake slightly because I saw it then and, and I bid the on. All in this moment, there's a guy behind me who nearly went into the back of the car because I brake too soon for him. And so he starts cursing at me and Emma looks, at me. this is all happening at the same time. I'm supposed to be collecting her. I've got this, this, this man behind me who's now riding with no hands, shouting and cursing at me. The first thing I did is I'm looking for the button inside the car that locks the doors. Lewis says to me, what's wrong, Dad? I said, don't look out of the rearview mirror. He said, what's wrong? I goes the man behind us, he's very angry. And so I'm there trying to lock the doors, and he's, he's shouting, cursing, Emma's seeing me being chased by a bike. I mean, I thought my car was fast, but boy, this man was flying. All I could do is look at my rearview mirror, and I could see this man. He had a builder's jacket on, fluorescent jacket, chasing me, shouting like this. So I'm driving ahead. Lewis is saying, look, Angwin, don't look back. And then I start to look behind. I'm looking in the rear view thinking, this is it. My time is up. This man, when he gets hold of me, he's going to hit me. So I'm driving, looking in the rear view. I went straight through town and managed to pick Emma up. She said, what happened there? I said, you don't, want, you don't want to know. About two weeks later, I get a letter through the post saying, sorry sir, but you've gone through a bus lane in Cambridge. We've got a picture By the way, I don't normally do things wrong, but, you know, every now and again. And I see this picture of me, and you can even see the detail of Lewis in the front. It says, you went through a bustling on this time, on this date. Sixty pound fine. Thirty pounds if you pay quick. Or you can contest it. I thought, I can't contest it. I cannot phone the company, the council, And tell them the reason why I'm chasing through town and I've gone through a bus lane is because a crazy man was chasing me. You don't understand. I'm just going to pay the 30 quid. In fact, the 30 quid was worth my life. You ever thought, you you know when you think that, you think 30 pounds is worth not having a punch. It was worth it. I'll have paid 90 pounds. And so... I didn't, I didn't bother. I paid the money. I paid the 30 pounds. I thought, well, I'm just going to see it's one of those things that went wrong. But do you know what I did that day? When I got the letter, I was surprised. I was surprised that I'd gone through a bus lane. I really was. I mean it. I really was. I was surprised. Do you know why that happened? It's because when I was driving ahead, I was looking my rear view. I was more concerned about the rage man behind me than I was of the signs in front of me. So I spent more time looking through the rear view of a man who was trying to attack me than I was of the signs ahead that said, do not drive down this lane. It is a bus lane. The problem is in our lives, we do the same. We drive ahead in our Christian vehicle of life. And what we're doing is we're spending half our time looking in the rear view mirror at the past. And we're not looking ahead to what God is showing us. We're looking at things that have gone wrong. We're looking at things that God's saying, just let go. Move forward. Some of us are so distracted by our past, we can't move forward into our future. Second Corinthians 5:17 Paul says, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, and the new is here. Let me tell you something. Sometimes you're looking back in your past at your disappointments, your sins, your problems, and you spend your life digging the past, looking in your rearview mirror. But let me tell you, you know what you do sometimes? We spend our lives looking in the past at what God did for us. All the blessings, oh, but you don't realize back in 1995. I want to look back because when I look back, God did some amazing things for me in 95. Come and have a look at this. He set me free. He did this and I began to do this and I saw God do amazing things, miracles. He led me this way. He led me that way. He did all these good things. And you spend your life looking back at God appointments, not disappointments. Saying, look though, God's not doing these things anymore. There's a story about this in Isaiah. 43, I'm going to read it, verse 16 to 19. It says this. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out out the chariots and horses, the army and the reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. In other words, get this. The God who did all these things, He led you through the sea. He did these amazing victorious things. He led you from captivity. He led you into destiny. He led you into future. He led you into blessing. He led you. This God, you remember this thing that happened here? You remember? That amazing time? They're all like, yes. Hallelujah. Amazing. Waymaker. Miracle worker, my God, a light in the darkness. <laughs> hallelujah! Yes, Hallelujah. We get this far. Verse seventeen. Then the prophet—you you want to get rid of this prophet? You want him out? He says this. Forget. The former things. What? Hang on. We're not forgetting that. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. I I feel so African today. (laughs) It's celebrate Africa's coming up. I'm preparing myself. I just need a white handkerchief. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So forget it. Empty the trash bin. Control, alt, delete. Remove everything from your past. Even the stuff that was good. Forget that how I did it. Don't forget that I bless you. But forget how I did it. Because I'm going to do something new. It's what you call comparative. You compare your blessing. Oh, I I, I know God did this in 95. I remember what he did. So I've got to wait for him to do it like that again. (laughs) This is the only way he worked for me. And it was amazing when I experienced it. He says, forget that. Forget it. Remember I helped you. But forget the way I did it before. Because I'm going to do something new. Forget the past. I mean, I find this so crazy. Why would you want to remind them of everything and then say, forget it. Forget it. Why? Because God says, I'm doing something new. If you think back, you'll shrink back. You'll shrink back. You'll shrink back if you think about disappointments. Oh, them sins that I can't get rid of. Listen, you need to be holy like he is holy. You need to live that kind of life. But listen, you can't look back at your past and let that determine who you are in the future. We live by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Forget the former. Don't dwell, don't worry in the past. I'm doing a new thing. Hallelujah. He says, I want to do a new thing in your life today. I want you to press forward into everything I've got for you. Stop looking at the past. Even the good things, the way I did it before, the way I took you, the way I directed your life. What did I say earlier? Why? Because however the process he's going to do it, the prize never changes. The prize never changes. Just the process. Oh, but you don't understand. Number three is this, and finally... Those who think ahead, prepare ahead. If you think ahead, you're going to prepare ahead. I, I remember when I used to be, uh, in, in the previous job I was in, they'd come in and the advisors would come in and they'd talk about pensions. You know, the whole room just went sour. Everyone's like, are you paying into a pension? And I don't know whether I want to take this money off my salary. Who wants to pay for things that you can't have now? You know, generally, you go go to the DFS, buy now, pay in seven years. It's like by the time you get to seven years, there's sofas in the dump it site. (laughs) You know, they know. You get to seven years, you've got to pay for the thing. You need a new one. You're starting to pay for the other one. I want to tell you today, That you've got to prepare ahead. Even when you don't feel like paying into something with your life. Even when it's difficult and hard. We prepare for the future. We prepare. We invest into the kingdom of God. Your life is a living sacrifice to him. Oh, you know, but you look on that column and everyone used to get their word slips and say, If only that column didn't have pensions on. Look how much money I'd have. But I want to tell you today, invest into the kingdom of God. Prepare for the future. Philippians 3.20 says this. 18 to 20 says this. Paul says, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. Hallelujah. It's in heaven. And we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just say this. If you're the enemy of the cross of Christ, it says that you've got a destiny of destruction. Let me tell you, if you're a friend of the cross of Christ, you've got a destiny of expectation. See, I don't want to live with my life as an enemy of the cross because i know that i'm going to be feeding myself what i want but when i feed from him who the one who gives life the true bread i don't want to live for the moment i want to live for the calling to the prize you see that's what i used to do when i when i didn't know jesus and i live for today live for self live for everything i wanted God says, I want you to live for the future that I've called you into. I want to tell you today that, do you know, have you remembered Jesus is coming back? You see, some of us forget this. We get on with our lives. Jesus is coming back soon. He's coming back for you. And are you ready? Are you ready for his return? Are you ready for him To come. Are you going to be an enemy of the cross of Christ. Or a friend of the cross. Because I want to be a friend of the cross of Christ. So when he returns. I'm ready. I'm ready and waiting. I'm the person who's ready. To walk into eternity. He says today to you. Are you ready? There's this amazing story of Jesus. On the cross in Luke 23. And he's on the cross and he's next to these two criminals. And I just picture this because I don't know if you've ever read this before or ever really thought about it. But he's on this cross and he's next to these two criminals. And one of the criminals hills abuse at him. Get down, save yourself. Another criminal says, please remember me. When you come into your kingdom. Let me tell you something. I find this absolutely amazing. Why? Because when Jesus was on that cross. His body was brutally ripped and torn apart. His body was broken for you and me. His body was so ravaged. The Bible says, marred beyond human description. It was ravaged. And there and then he has two different types of people next to him. One who says, I want you to get down from this cross, save yourself, holding abuse at him because he's an enemy of the cross. Then you've got another one who looks and sees this ravaged body, this body broken, dripping in blood, crucified. And this sinner, this broken thief, looks at him. And I have a bit of a problem here because I, in my mental state of my flesh, cannot understand why someone would look at someone who looks disfigured like that. Who looked so broken. Who looked so ripped apart. How did the thief think that he would get eternal life through this? How did he think that he would be a, there would be a kingdom and a future beyond this? He looked at him. If it had been me in my flesh, I'd have looked and thought, you can't help me. Look at you. How can you help me look at you? You're ripped apart. You can't even tell you're a human being. How? But he looked at him. He looked. And beyond all that. He manages to sin. This is not of the flesh. Because the flesh would see something different. His spirit said something inside of him. His spirit said something. That there is something about this man. There is something about this man. He's the son of God. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Listen to me. The cross of Christ. Is offensive to you today. What you see. Challenges you to the core. You see in the flesh. You'd say how can I trust my life in this. But he sees something. Do you know what he sees? He sees a broken body in a future kingdom. <sighs> he sees someone crushed. Broken. Broken. But yet sees someone he can trust all of his life in. Jesus turns to him. Amongst all of the abuse from one side. He turns to that man and says, today you will be with me in paradise. How can someone so broken and torn apart offer Something in the future of a prize and a goal when he looks so broken. I'll tell you why. Because he is Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. He is the one who died for you. He's the one who shed his blood for you. He is your light in the darkness. He's your miracle worker. He's your way maker. He has a plan for you. And the very fact that he is broken. The very fact that he was ripped apart. That his body was beaten like this. The reason why he can offer this is because he did it all for you. That thief knew that he deserved that kind of treatment. I want to tell you today that when you look at the cross of Christ... It challenges you. Are you going to be a friend of the cross? Are you going to be an enemy of the cross? Because listen to me today, friends. He calls you to a future destiny. He calls you to prepare ahead for when he returns or when you might die. And by the way, we do not know when that is going to be. Your last breath could be today. Oh, but I've heard this before. Your last breath could be today. Oh, but I've heard people say this for years. You know, live life to the full. No, your last breath could be today. And that is not alarmist. That's the truth. Are you ready? Where do you see Jesus? I want to tell you, those who think ahead, prepare ahead, and you invest into the kingdom of God. You, when you see Jesus on the cross like this, you look in your brokenness and say... I can't understand it, but I recognize you, Jesus, that you have a future destiny and a prize for me. And I I claim your brokenness for me. I claim what's been done to you so that I can receive the gift of eternal life. There is a prize. There is a focus. See, the world is never going to offer you anything close to this. 1997, 20 years ago, I arrived at university and I was into drugs, I was into all manner of things when I arrived here in Cambridge 20 years ago. And a friend of mine said to, to me, he said come with me down south towards Milton Keynes. And I used to go to raves, I would be in night clubs, I'd drop pills, do all manner of things. And this one night I went there. Why? Because I rejected the cross. I used to know Jesus when I was younger, and then I chose to live for today rather than tomorrow. And I went to this nightclub this night, and I took these drugs, and I put them into my body. And halfway through the night, I thought I was going to die. I'd had lots of things before, but this particular night was very, very different. In fact, I've never forgot it since. It's hard to forget. But it was a point where all my friends around me, who I thought were my friends, they weren't really my friends at all. I had no one. I was in the middle of a nightclub. Thousands of people. dancing. My friends, who I thought were my friends. And I was feeling like I was dying. I just wanted to be at home. But I couldn't. I had to stay there all night. And I'll never forget that night. You see, when you hang around with people you think are your friends, listen to me. You're going you're gonna to find out they're not. Because when I thought I needed them most, there was no one. Jesus calls you to invest into the kingdom of God. He calls you to a life that's above and beyond all of that. And I want to tell you there's a word for someone here today. You've got wrapped up with the wrong people. Jesus calls you away back to him. Be a friend of the cross. Be a friend of the cross of Christ. Ephesians 1, if we the worship team back, that would be great. Ephesians 1, and I come to a close. Verse 13 to 14 says this. When you believed, you were marked with him. A seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who was a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who were God's possession to the praise of his glory. You see, Jesus says to you today, there is a promise for the future. When you believe in Jesus, he says, I'm going to give you my spirit. that's a depositing guarantee for this inheritance that you have. Isn't that amazing? When Jesus died. He allowed the Holy Spirit to come for you, to be a seal upon your life. That deposit guaranteeing your future. The price. The price. I want to tell you today, he wants to mark you with a seal of his approval. The Bible uses that word for the deposit, a Greek word, Arabon. And that word describes a pledge, a payment of a promise that's going to be paid. The new Greeks would say "arabona," which is like an engagement ring. In other words, Jesus says to you today, he says, if you will allow me to take hold of your life, you'll step into the future I have for you. Then I will give you the engagement ring of a seal of approval, a promise that says there is a wedding coming. There's a wedding coming. There is a banquet coming. And I give you this ring To say, I'm coming for you. That there is a future and a destiny for you. That no one can spoil. He says, today I want to give you that ring. I want to give you the seal of approval. I want to give you this pledge. If any of you have been following my recent saga with my tumble dryer. You know, I thought it got fixed. I phoned them up. I thought it got fixed. I'm now seven weeks without a tumble dryer. I'm not sure who's more angry, Emma, or me. Even though I don't do any washing. But I phoned them up the other day. And now they said, I'm sorry, sir, we can't fix it. So we're going to give you a new one. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Miracles do happen. And so I said, okay, how do I do this? They said, well, you've got options, so we'll send you an email. So they send me options. A few options. One is we'll give you a new machine, X, Y, Z, or we'll give you a refund so you can go and buy your other machine. I worked out the options. I thought the one I want is the refund. So I'm going to go and buy a new one. So I said, I've got the email. I'll take this option. He said, yes, the option's there, but You can't, if I was you, I wouldn't go and buy a machine yet. Don't buy one because authorization has not come from the top. Excuse me. I thought you were the manager. Authorization is not from the top. So I get an email saying, here's the offer. But yet the authorization has not been passed. I am so eager to buy the machine. With the money that I know I'm going to get. But the authorization from the top has not yet been signed. Now Emma wants me to buy. But until I know there is a seal, a pledge that they will pay me the money, I won't buy. Do you know something? Authorization from heaven has been given over you. 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross... God wrote out the check to pay for you. God the Father said, the payment's been made. These are my words. The payment's been made. Authorization from heaven has been fulfilled. All payment is clear. Now receive. It's free. It's free. Come on, let's stand.